release selfish desire. And nobody wants to admit they have selfish desire, but we all do. We all have self-serving motives. And of course, to live not like that, just completely selfless, it's almost like this saint-like ideal that it's like unrealistic to, to, to even attempt to meet. So I think a lot of people just say, screw it, nobody else is living that way. Why should I? Hey, what's going on, my friends? Welcome to another episode of the Awaken Life Podcast. You know me, my name is Victor, and on this podcast, I talk about the spiritual awakening process and all the different challenges and blessings and experiences that I know a lot of you are going through, but maybe have no one to talk about it with, and you might feel like you're alone in this. Well, I wanna let you know you're not alone, and that's why I'm doing this podcast, because I also felt alone and I wanted to put something out there that I never had when I was going through a lot of these ups and downs and, and unique experiences associated with the spiritual awakening process. And my, my essential intention with this podcast is to help people like you learn how to master and navigate your spiritual awakening process so that you can, you can reap all the beautiful benefits that, that I have that I know is in your cards as well. So welcome to my podcast, my friend. It's an honor and a blessing to have you. Today I'm going to share with you three life lessons that have been absolutely game-changing for me in a very real and significant way. Three life lessons from the Bhagavad Gita. That's the, a book. It's like the most uh, prominent spiritual text uh, from the Hindu religion. It's about uh, this Krishna figure who's kind of like a Jesus Christ, honestly, he, where allegedly they are an incarnation. They're, they're not just a, a self-realized human. They're more like an incarnation in physical form of the one, basically. So for what that's worth, I, I don't know what I think of that, but I know that the, the information when applied is so, so helpful. I've never made a video like this, but I see so many videos out there, honestly, that are, are putting information out that I, I, I don't know, and I don't always like what I see, quite frankly, and I'm gonna put out something that I really find has a real significance in genuinely improving in a very real way the human existence, especially anybody who's already going through a spiritual awakening, and as you know, there's no shortage of information and tools and books and perspectives, and a lot of it, in my opinion, these days is kind of fluff, new age fluff, and I think the core wisdom has been around for a long time and spoken about and in many different ways, all boiling down to a pretty simplistic little roadmap of life. So anyway, these are the three things that stuck with me out of that book and I'm happy to share them with you in case they may enrich your life in the way they have for myself. Number one, selfless action is very heavily valued from this Krishna figure, we'll say. They call it, you also call it karma yoga. And there are different like roads to enlightenment, allegedly. And one of them is like the life of like someone who's just very contemplative, uh, self-inquiry, almost like the, the monk in the cave kind of idea, very passive. And this Krishna figure, for what it's worth, he says that is one way, but it's not the best way. So the faster route is through selfless action, selfless service, and what I found is that a lot of people, especially now, find themselves sort of called from the cave into action, into selfless service. 
back into the real world where it's less pretty, less high vibe. And that this spiritual seeker wonders, why, why am I feeling called to, 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 to go back out there? I, I don't want to. I don't like the feeling of that. I, I want to protect myself. And I, I, I suspect because the world needs it, honestly, that's my own theory, but it's uh, also, I would say also a fast track to spiritual growth. It reminds me of Michael Singer. You might know Michael Singer. He's a more contemporary spiritual teacher. He wrote the book, um, The Surrender Experiment and The Untethered Soul is kind of like a real popular, really well-known book. Anyway, The Surrender Experiment is uh, kind of like an autobiography about his own spiritual journey. And Michael Singer's a badass, by the way. So he, this, this means a lot, honestly, coming from him. But he said for like the first like decade or so of his like spiritual journey, he lived kind of in the cave, so to speak, almost literally, where he lived off the grid in a little tent, eating like rice and beans every day, meditating for countless hours a day, really wanting to find enlightenment. And during that time, he found a lot of cool, expansive experiences and mystical happenings and... Anyway, he seemed like he was making progress, but he still never, he never really broke through in the way he was wanting to and trying to. And until one day or one night he had a dream. And this dream was of him walking down this like dark tunnel towards a light. And he was getting closer and closer to the light. And as he did, it got brighter and brighter and brighter. And he found himself kind of like where he couldn't quite get to the light. He got right under the light. And then there's this like protective glass ceiling where he saw the light was up there, but he couldn't reach it. And then he woke up. And when he woke up, he, he knew what it meant. He, he was able to interpret it. And what it implied was that, uh, that he's come as far as he can going towards enlightenment in this particular cave-like, passive, secluded sort of way. And as he like accepted that, basically, he had this awareness that the next step he was surprised, but the next step for him, he knew it intuitively, was to start a business. And he did. He went on to start a billion dollar freaking company. It was crazy. And it just sort of unfolded. And But anyway, through doing that, through working with people, getting back out there in the world, he, he just continued to grow spiritually. Now he's kind of come back around full circle and he gives talks every week at his, uh, he's got this like, not monastery, but something like that. Um, and anyway, but the point is like he went had it's like it's like God says like listen you're you're making good progress there in the cave but we could use you that the world could really use the wisdom you're learning the experiences you're having the light within yourself you're uncovering has potential to help a lot of people and guess what you're gonna be heavily rewarded my friend and I believe you will and I certainly have I was living kind of a quiet little life contented with my family and my I had a personal training gym and I also felt disrupted by this calling to be more boldly out there in the world and I didn't want to do it. I resisted it. I complained about it and then eventually life shoved me out there anyway and here I am thankful. Thankful to be giving back. Thankful to be sharing from my heart in ways that are helping people because I can feel it. I can tell when I'm helping people and that comes back to me in, a, in abundance, in happiness, in just a fulfillment. And um, I've also grown way faster spiritually by being out there living actual life. There's so much to be gained from just a regular old experience. You know, when I was doing one-on-one -on -one coaching, for example, sometimes I'd, find, I'd work with younger men that were like uh, intimidated to go approach, you know, a partner or whatever at the bar or something. And I would always think to myself, if I could get this person to have the courage to like just try their best and go out there and try to land a date, that would be way better than if I said, meditate for two hours a day, read these books, that's easy. 
getting out there and going outside your comfort zone, that's hard. And yet that's where the magic happens in the unknown, outside of our comfort zone. That's where the real growth happens. And then the more you do that, the more you have to share, the more the world benefits. Number two, as best you can, all these things are practices, nothing you just do and then you're done, but as best you can, release selfish desire. And nobody wants to admit they have selfish desire, but we all do. We all have self-serving motives. And of course, to live not like that, just completely selfless, it's almost like this saint-like um, like, uh, ideal that it's like unrealistic to, to, to even attempt to meet. So I think a lot of people just say, screw it, nobody else is living that way. Why should I? But I've learned personally from my own life that that really does work. It actually works as a strategy to bring you more of the things you want anyway, and it just feels good. But I, I, with that said, I don't think you can do it as a tactic necessarily. An example of this comes up all the time in one of my coaching programs where I teach people how to grow like an online following, like what you see me doing on YouTube here, and then make money as a coach or a healer or a psychic. It's called the full-time purpose. And it's very common for people to come in the program wanting to make money online. Now that's not who, who doesn't want to make more money, if we're honest. Who doesn't want to like be able to buy the things they want to buy and live the lifestyle they want to live? There's nothing wrong with that inherently. But when that's the motive, what I found in, in thousands of clients coming through this program is that never works. It never worked for me either. Whenever I try to do something for my own benefit to make money, and I can justify that very well. I can say, listen, I deserve to make money. I'm worthy of money. I have children to feed. There's nothing wrong with it. And at the same time, if that's my motive, justified or not, okay on paper or not, it rarely even works. Somehow people can feel it and it doesn't sell, it doesn't work. But when I don't even try, when I just try to help people, it, it, it comes back. Reminds me of this one woman, this psychic I know, her name is, I'm not gonna say her name actually, she prefers to live a very private life actually. She is awesome. Straight up, all my friends were raving about this psychic. And I was like, nah, man, I don't normally don't see psychics. But eventually, they, they, just kept, they just kept sharing these awesome testimonials, basically. And I finally did it when I was kind of in a rough spot. And the first thing this woman did when she got on the phone with me is she said, who's Concetta? It's my grandmother's name, Concetta. Not a un very uncommon name. Who's Concetta? And she started listing off all these dead relatives of mine and sharing things they wanted to say. And it, it was just mind-blowing. This woman is like a friggin' medium if I've, ever, if I've ever met one. And it was very, very impressive. And you know what? The reason I say that is she doesn't do any advertising. You don't know who she is. She has no social media following whatsoever. And she doesn't even charge anything. She says, pay me whatever you want. But she gets paid a lot because people like me are like, holy cow, that was amazing. I want to give back to you. I found that not only does when you just let your heart guide you and you do what you like, you find a way to help. You get out of your own way, out of your own imperfections or your perfectionism especially and out of your own blocks and, and reasons why you don't have the time and you just do your best to help with what you got it comes back, not only in abundance, but in happiness. I know for me, I, I went through this period where I was, I built up this YouTube channel and I was helping a lot of people and then I got kind of tired of it. I got I kind of burnt out from it, honestly, and I thought, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't feel like it. I want to write a book. 
my mind says, you're going to write a book and help people in that way. And it'll allow you to really live like this quiet life. And as I did that, my life just sort of got worse and worse and worse. It felt like the support of the universe was gone. Not only financially, because I stopped working, but my life just started to kind of plummet until I finally realized that I'm meant to be doing this. I'm helping people on YouTube, whether I feel like it or not. And once I just allowed myself to come back and start sharing on YouTube, I could feel this awareness of being in alignment with my life purpose is the best way I, I could put it. And in this feeling of being in alignment, I knew everything. I felt like, I felt like the support of the universe come back online and it showed up in my life practically, but more so just the feeling I had. And I've learned that when I like do the best to help life imperfectly and inevitably imperfectly, yes, my blocks are still here. Yes, I have problems. Yes, I have issues, but I still do my best to help. And there's this feeling that everything's going to be fine. There's this feeling that good things are coming, good karma, if you will. So I'm not, I can't prove that your life is going to improve by selfless service, but I can tell you it's brought me way more abundance than I ever thought I'd have and way more happiness than I thought a person even deserves. And um, I've tried doing things that make sense on paper and they almost never work. So for, for me, this has been a theme I've come back to time and time again. And luckily I feel like I finally got the message just to do my thing, sing my song as best I can, help when I can, and uh, I, I believe anyway, I'll be, I'll be taken care of. Number three, safety, serenity, peace can only be found within. I wish I could bring up the little phrase that I read just the other night. The other night I was kept awake with a, kind of like an open loop in my mind. There was a problem in my business, in my, in my life with friends and my business. And it was really bothering me. It really implied a lot of uncertainty of my future and it was keeping me awake and i was in this like ongoing like conversation with some people involved and eventually i had to go to bed i go to bed pretty early because i have kids that i have to get up and i ended up waking up before going to bed though i read this particular passage from the the, the book i wish i had it and it basically just said like never seek security outside of yourself, always bring it back into the Atman. The Atman's a word for like the eternal self, the, the, the God within, etc. And for whatever reason, that just stuck with me and it gave me some peace in the moment. I was like, okay, I'm going to do that. And I fell asleep only to wake up at like three in the morning prematurely, worried again, really wanting to check my phone to see like who, what, what was going on with this, you know, this unresolved problem basically. And I found myself really wanting to seek security, to try to like, I felt restless. I felt insecure. I felt doubtful. I felt afraid. And I thought if I could just see that what's going on on the outside is okay, then I'll feel better. But I, I, instead, I, I, knew, I knew that was not going to be the reality. I knew I was going to check my phone, listen to a bunch of voice notes, get more worked up, not be able to fall back asleep. And it, I knew it was not going to work. Um, and then what came to mind is what I read in that book. Oh, just go within. I know you're scared. I know you're worked up. But you can find what you're looking for within yourself. And I literally did that for like maybe the first time in a very bold way where I did not attempt to alleviate my anxiety by doing or changing or manipulating anything external of me. And I just sat with it. 
And I breathe, I took some breaths. And I just tried to sink more and more into myself. And I tried to, I really tried to find that peace which I knew was there. At least Krishna said it would be. And I trusted him. And sure enough, it was. And I was like, holy cow, this is a very new way of going through life. I realized how much I try to control my inside by changing the outside. And what Krishna is saying, it's the other way around. And it's not even the other way around. It's more so that your external world's unstable. It's going to, you're going to be met with change and hardship, good times and down times, and everything in between, unpredictable, nonlinear. Alan Watts calls it wiggly, it's wiggly. And he says, that's the nature of this life you find yourself in. And you can be that eye of the hurricane. You can be that calm within the storm, but you're never going to control the storm. You can only control your focus. And the more we like train ourselves, is what he puts in the book, to like dwell within. It doesn't mean things are going to be peachy all the time in your life, but it almost doesn't matter what goes on because you will be in a good place within yourself. So anyway, those are three principles that I do my best to apply in my life that I've seen genuinely good results with and I hope they help you or inspire you or even if you take one or two of them. Good, God bless you. So let me know if you like these kind of videos as well to my existing subscribers. I don't normally make videos like this. I thought about making this like playlist called Wisdom from the Masters and sharing with you some of like the, the, the books and the people I, I read that have helped me and normally don't talk about it. But let me know if you like this type of, of content and I'll be happy and excited to make more for you. That said, have an amazing day. Thank you for tuning in. I'll see you next time. Much love.